This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, every Monday I give one of you a hundred bucks to invest in your idea and get to the top. To enter, subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove it. This week's winner was Jesse from up in Chicago. Okay, Top Tribe, be sure to tune in tomorrow morning. You don't want to miss it. I've got Aaron Ross coming on. He's got 12 kids, and he is the man that took Salesforce from zero to $100 million in annual recurring revenue. And now he's selling books so fast, it'll make your head spin. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. We are battling a thick fog here in Blacksburg this morning. It is early, or sorry, late November these days, and you're going to love our guest today. His name is Ankur Nagpal. He's the founder and CEO of Teachable, an online course platform used by 5,000 plus teachers to teach over 750,000 students. Ankur, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. Let's do Okay, good, 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 good. Let's do this. First things first, where are you based? So we're based in New York City. Um, I used to live in California, but we founded this company in New York City. Okay, great. So, why, uh, and how old are you? I am 26 years old. 26. So did you find this right out of college or, or and talk to us too about the business Teachable. Tell us what it does first and then tell us if you if, if it's your first startup or, or what. Yep. So I actually built another business in college uh, in the summer after my freshman year, which was 2007. That coincided with the launch of the Facebook platform. So from 2007 to 2011, I was the largest independent Facebook application developer. So built over 10,000 applications, you know, reached 200 million people. But that was, that was the opposite kind of business. That was the business you know, that I ran for cash flow. It made me a lot of money at the time. How much money did it make you? Uh, about $2 million. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I, that was great because you know, it gave me financial freedom, independence, but it didn't add value to my life. Like I wanted to build something that was bigger than me, bigger than the, you know, than, than the financial outcome I was getting. And that was one of the reasons that led me to start Teachable. Um, I was doing a little bit of teaching online and I saw, you know, I saw all these marketplaces like Udemy and Skillshare making it really easy to teach online. But what they did is they never gave ownership to the teacher. And that was the motivation behind starting Teachable. And what year was that? So that was 2013, the end of 2013, okay. exactly about two years ago. Okay, cool. And Ankur, before we go more into, deeper into Teachable, people are going to want to know, I think, more about that first business you started yep. because a lot of top tribe, they're, they're wondering about, is there something that's cash flow related that can help them transition out of corporate or out of student life into their own business where they can eventually then build something that scales like what you're doing with Teachable? Yep. So what was the name of that first company? Um, there were a lot of different names. It ultimately, it was a lot of different applications. It was run as a cash flow business. For most of the time, I was a sole proprietor. Um, you know, there are different applications like personality quizzes, quizzes about your friends, basic social games. Um, and when they, tell me about one of the clients, what they pay you and, and what was the game? So clients didn't pay us. We just say we had a quiz called how good a lover are you? It sounds stupid. It was actually a very popular application. People would answer the answer a bunch of questions and it would be like, okay, you are a mediocre lover. And that's a shitty answer. Yeah, that's a shitty answer. But at the bottom, there'd be, you know, there'd be ads and we'd get paid on ads. So you tell me like how to become a better lover pills, don't you? No, it's not. It's not even pills. It's just like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, that's what, that's kind of the weird dichotomy I had, right? It's like, I did this. It was a lot of fun. It was very exciting. 
but I didn't feel like I was adding any value in the world. But we would make about one to two cents for any daily user that used our applications. And at our peak, we were having, you know, two to three million daily users and we we're making a penny of each user a day. Interesting. So, you know, and so you did that from what, when you were 24 to 26? No, I did that from 2000. And I did that when I was 19, 18 was when I started. I did that when I was okay. 18. I made a million dollars before I was 21, which was, for whatever reason, something I fixated on when I was younger. The older I've gotten, the less important, you know, that kind of becomes. Um, yeah. But now, you know, now if someone's looking to potentially, you know, create a side business, make income, break out of corporate, we're seeing a lot of people that kind of remind me of me when I was younger who are finding that with online courses. A lot of people are, you know, taking the knowledge they already have, packaging it really well, and, you know, selling it as an online course. And a lot of times, you know, most of these courses are selling for $199 to $500, which means you can literally sell, you know, 10 or 15 copies a month and replace your full-time income. And if you sell 100 copies a month, you're making, you know, five times what you were making before. Yeah, but do you know any people that only sell online courses and have made a million bucks? Uh, on our platform, there's three so far. I'm, I can't reveal it. There's three people so far that have broken past the million-dollar threshold. Um, Interesting. Two of whom that we can talk about, their names are John and Elliot. They actually spent their time traveling the world, teaching iPhone programming. They made over a million dollars their first year on our platform, which was super cool to see. Well, great. So I want to talk more about that, but I also want to let folks know, like this whole business of kind of online courses, that the it's really interesting, and we'll dive more into Anchor Story in a second. But Sean Malarkey, back in episode number seventeen, talked about how he launched a course called Linked Influence for ninety-seven bucks a pop, and he has now uh, now has over twenty thousand customers. So he's one story Anchor I know of someone that's done over a million bucks. But the thing is, is you got to pay like fifty percent out to affiliates and all this other crap. So how's your pricing model work on Teachable for folks like John and Elliot? So for people that are that get to our highest volume plans, they pay between two ninety nine and seven forty nine dollars a month flat, and we cover everything. So for a lot of people, they just save more money on video hosting by virtue of using our platform. And we can do this because we're venture backed. We're not under. We're not most most other course providers are ultimately marketing companies. They're run by internet marketers that you know sell software for a million dollar launch. We've raised two million dollars in capital. We're probably going to raise a Series A soon. Making money right now is not as interesting as having, you know, 100,000 paying customers. If you made $2 million between 18 and 21, why did you raise $2 million? Uh, Why'd you need the money? Diversification, right? I think my most important asset is my time and portfolio management. If I'm investing my most valuable asset into this business, I don't want to also invest my capital. So, okay, so the $2 million seed round that you raised, who were some of the people that got behind that? So there and would you raise of, it? A lot of people that were friends of mine that also are founders of different companies. So we got the founder of Living Social. We got the founder of, um, we got the founder of AngelList. Um, we have, you know, people, we have people like James Altucher, who's an, who's an LP and a fund that invested. We got the Drapers involved. Um, that combined for the first million dollar seed round. The second million was from Atlas Ventures, a Boston-based VC firm. Very cool. Well, guys, you want to stay tuned and keep listening to the top every morning. We actually have Tim Draper coming on in an upcoming episode. So uh, great, great VC there in, in the Valley. So you did the seed round. Um, Ankur, I have a question though. When, I mean, when you were convincing all those folks to put in the money, were any of them going, wait, Ankur, why aren't you, like, you're already successful. If you believe in this, wouldn't you be putting in money? And how'd you counter that question? Yep. Um, I countered that uh, that came up a lot, but after, like, it was not a big objection because I was like, look, one, I'm putting in my time. Two, I'm working, I've worked on this without a salary for, I don't know, a year. And I'm continuing to, even now, I mean, I'm paying myself $75,000 a year, which I think is, you know, one third of what my market rate is. So I'm already investing so much into this company that, you know, like this is my entire life. 
So it didn't, it was never as big an objection as you'd think. It always came up, but after I answered that, you know, they're like, fine. They were good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, and was that a convertible note, and what was the cap? Yep, it was a convertible note. It was, the first round was at an 8 cap, the second round was at a 20 cap. Okay, so you did, that $2 million C round was two uh, two different caps. Yep. One at 8 million, one at 10 million. Yep. No, 20, Interesting. 20. Oh, the second one is a 20 million cap. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the numbers on Teachable. So how many uh, how many paying customers do you have across all your plans? We have about 1,500 paying customers. Okay, 1,500 paying customers. And on average, what are they paying you per month? On average, they're paying close to $100 a month. Okay, so and again, Top Tribe, you've heard me mention the word ARPU before. Again, that's just average revenue per user per month. So it sounds like Anchor is right about 100 bucks per month yep. for his 1,500 customers. And Anchor, what's the distribution? I mean, do, do most, are most of them obviously on the professional plan since it's 99 bucks a month? No, it's actually, I mean, we have a few. It, the distribution right now, our professional and basic plans are probably equal, but our high okay. volume plan is sneaking up in there. The challenge we're facing right now, and maybe you have experience in this, is we're trying to find a way of moving upstream because we have a lot of great companies, like very, very large companies that want to work with us but we don't have the kind of right pricing infrastructure. If we're talking to a huge customer that, you know, we're changing, we're creating a new business unit that's going to make them many millions of dollars a year. Um, our enterprise plan is still only, a, starts at still only a thousand bucks a month, which, you know, I think is way too low. And that's a challenge we're finding right now is how do we actually move upstream? How do we increase our average revenue per user um, while at the same time, you know, how, letting our consumers still use us at 29 bucks a month? Well, I see the professional plan you have, which is a hundred bucks a month, but there's a five percent transaction fee plus credit card fees. Is that five percent? Is that that's also a goes to you, right? Yep, the five percent goes to us. Um, so in terms of our split between where we make our money from, we make about sixty percent of our money from people paying us directly, about twenty five percent of our money from the transaction fees, and the rest comes in miscellaneous training revenue, which generally is a form of us. You know, we'll do a webinar to other people's audience. We'll both you know make make a bunch of money um, and split it halfway. So if you do again, if if you have about fifteen hundred paying customers at an average ARPU of hundred bucks, you're making about one hundred fifty grand per month. Of the hundred fifty grand, you're saying sixty percent of that is just from them paying the monthly price Correct. on the plan. Correct. Okay. So and then and then twenty. So that's about ninety grand, right? Yep. And then you've got twenty percent. Okay, uh, coming in via the five percent or eight percent yep. or zero. Well, yep. what, yeah, explain to me the transaction on the high volume. Yep, the, uh, the high volume plans are flat, so there's no transaction fee. People get their their money instantly. So what we're seeing is up to fifteen thousand, right? Up to fifteen thousand at two ninety nine, and then at seven forty nine, it's just flat. Nothing ever doesn't matter. Uh, so after after they hit those fifteen thousand dollars in in transaction volume, does a transaction fee kick in or no? Um, so if, if we do this under discretion, so if someone like just bear goes over we're like fine it's not a big deal if you're consistently well over that we're like you know dude you got to move up to 749 shit i feel like there's probably a lot of money on the table there yep um there is and what but honestly again we're playing the long game here for a lot of people 299 frankly you know someone's making a hundred thousand dollars on our platform right now paying us 749 bucks a month we're spending more just serving their video but we're playing the long game i mean we you know we're gonna have we had over a million dollars in transactions go through our system I was going to ask that. How? So was that? What month was that? Last month, and I mean that's that's we're in the fun part of our business. So in, right in October. Yeah, then we're in the fun part of our business now, where every month is bigger than the last one. And right now, again, we want to build something massively valuable. Um, even if that means in the short term we're leaving some money on the table, that's okay. So in October, you did 150 grand of top line MR, which is basically that is really monthly recurring revenue. That's pretty predictable, right? Uh, the 90k is the rest the, isn't the rest. The rest, the rest fluctuates. Yeah, the rest fluctuates massively. Wait, what what was the lowest? Also, what was a Go ahead. Um, yeah. Also, this is this is more November right now. This is what we're projecting for November, not October. October was a little bit less than 150. Okay. What did October do? October was 120. 
Okay, 120. Uh, so you did 120 grand to Teachable, your revenue, uh, compared to the 1 million of transaction volume that yep. online teachers put through your or sold yep. through your platform. And what's right? interesting is the transaction fee, the money we're making from the transaction fee as a percentage of our revenue is going down every month while the other, while the. That's great. That's great. And it's also kind of having us thinking a little bit about our pricing. Like, what would the world look like if we took away our transaction fee entirely? We're obviously not there yet, but we're starting to think like that. Like, how much more aggressive can we be? How much more can we take all of this market? Well, if you raise more capital, you can be super aggressive. Yep. So what are, what's the next round? What's the Series A? What are you aiming for in terms of money raised and the, and the valuation? So Series A, we're, you know, we're, not gonna, we're looking for about a $30 million valuation. I mean, our last seed round was a $20 million cap. The market has slowed a little, so that's, that's one of the challenges. Um, the good thing is we don't need the money. We have over a million dollars in the bank. Our actual effective burn is barely 50K. So we have you know, 20 months of runway, which by startup standards is like forever time. And that's just back from when you raised the two million bucks on the seed, right? Yep. Yep. So Top Tribe, what when he when just so you know, when Ankur says he has fifty K burn, what that means is of the two million he has in the bank, he's losing it in terms of cash, fifty thousand bucks per month. But that's totally fine in a SaaS business, yep. software as a service business, because you're investing that in growth yep. typically. And if, if we really wanted to be profitable this month or next month, you know You could. We could, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay, so how much are, how much are you looking to raise on the thirty million? Um we're looking we're not five? No, we could, but it's easier for us to raise five. We want to raise three again because, you know, we don't have this kind of acquisition channel where I know I can reliably spend more money to make more money. And that's What is most reliable right now in terms of user acquisition? Most reliable is we have a free plan and we've gotten very good at converting our free users to paying users. And we usually Okay, how do you do that? We usually do that through a combination of webinars and, you know, good, basically I think webinars are the biggest thing, just different kinds of webinars. Ultimately, our most successful acquisition mechanism is someone comes in on the free plan, we give them a ton of value in a webinar and give them a really good reason to upgrade their plan right there. And How do you fill the webinar? How do you fill the webinar? It's just yeah. to our, it's, the biggest thing is to our, to our free users. We have a free How many plan. users do you have we on have free? We have a free plan, so we get about 120 new signups a day from our free users. Of that, we can probably get about 300 or so to register for a webinar every week. Of that, we can probably convert anywhere from 25, about 25 to 30% of people on the webinar. Got it. So you're getting, let's break those into monthly numbers. So 120 uh, new per day. So you're getting about 4,000 new free plans per, uh, yep. per month of that. You're getting, uh, you're getting three, six, nine, you're getting 1200 who register we're, for a webinar each month. We're aiming to add about a hundred and something paying customers a week. Uh, off late, we've been falling short and good weeks you've added, you know, 180 paying customers a week. Got it. I love it. You're wait. You're adding. Wait. Sorry. What'd you say? You're adding 180 paying customers on, a week? on our like best week. We ate for oh, about okay. 100. I mean, you know, then we have shitty weeks where we add like 40. So, but hey, we all have, we all have shitty weeks. That's awesome though, dude. The growth sounds absolutely amazing. I I am. If look, I talked to a lot of really smart people on here. I have big venture capitalists coming on. I have Bessemer just came on and talked about the Pinterest IPO, and then I have SaaS people coming on, do, all talking about doing their Series A. And it's very interesting because I mean, when you look at let's say let's say your predictable monthly recurring revenue is 120 grand. I know it's 150, goes down to 90, whatever. Let's call it 120 grand. If you are able to go in, I don't need the money, but if you are able to secure a 30 million dollar top line valuation, you are really playing a long game because if you take 120k per month, multiply that out for the year you got 1.4 million in and you know annual recurring revenue you're basically getting almost like a what is that a 21x on top line mrr revenue that is a crazy i mean that's a crazy mar uh, uh, multiple yep absolutely but you know that's the game that's that's a venture capital game and anyone that believes in this truly does believe it's a billion dollar company and one of the biggest objections we've heard is recently i'm not going to name names but very respected venture capitalists and you know i love them the reason they didn't want to invest at that valuation in those terms is they're like, look, I think it's a great company, but I see it capping out at like a $500 million company and not a billion dollar company. 
or not a billions of dollars company. So, you know, it's hard to justify the valuation. Which which VC was that? I'm not I'm not gonna name names. So what's interesting about this? Uh, it, my fear would be is that you let's say you get an offer uh, tomorrow for someone to buy the company. Let's yep. say you raise the three million on thirty million, and you have someone come to you and say we want to buy the company for thirty million. Yep. Let's uh, you probably wouldn't do that because you're already financially yep. free. But listeners, top tribe, you would take yes or no? Would thirty million change your life? Yes, probably. The problem is, is if you raised a thirty million uh, cap, and especially if you have a, have a one x liquidity preference on that thirty at the thirty million valuation, you don't see a dollar out of that unless you've got some other clauses built in. So uh, you don't really worry about balancing that though, Ankur, do you? Look, if I re- if we do raise a Series A, which we want to, in my mind, it automatically, I'm not going to sell this company for less than $100 million. With the caveat being, like I, I tell my team this too, right? I'm, we're not going to sell, we're not building this company for a $50 million exit. We're either going to build this to go really, really big or we'll sell it when it just stops being fun. Right now when things are growing, it's just so damn fun. There's no need to. So the two, us will either sell it. I'm not going to sell it on the ascent unless it's truly, truly in, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars range or, you know, billion dollar range just because I don't need the money and it's a lot of fun right now. I don't want to, you know, be 50 with like money I'm not spending, regretting what could have been. Um, I would usually, I would usually anchor challenge guests when they come on and say, "Oh, this is just fun," so I do it. But I here's the thing: you already have, yeah. like, you're already, you, you don't need, you really don't actually need the money when you abs- say that. That absolutely influences my decision making. I- yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, hey, guys, listen, we went through this really fast. Ankur, this has been amazing, and we're not done yet. My favorite part of the show is about to come up. But, guys, I will reiterate all of these numbers and everything, and I want you to go to Ankur's page and check it out. Go to his website. We'll link to it in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 117. So you can reverse engineer how he's converting people from free to paid using webinars and other tactics. It's it's really, really smart. Ankur, what's the other side? If people want to follow you personally online, yep, probably, where can they do that? Twitter. Uh, I'm active on Twitter. Um, Ankur Nakpal is my, is my Twitter handle. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Top Tribe, one of my favorite tools that I use constantly for my blog articles, for the podcast images, and a lot of other things is called Growth Geeks. It's like my underground secret tool. Here's why. I can hire growth hackers on demand. I can hire them for 100 bucks when I need them, let them go when I don't need them. I worked out a special rate for you guys to jump into a free trial on Growth Geek because I know the founder. The link to get your free trial started right now is growthgeeks.com forward slash top tribe. Again, growthgeeks.com forward slash top tribe. Go check it out. Um, it's sad because a lot of people follow me for growth and startup stuff, and I mostly tweet about sports. But <laughs> Who's your favorite sports team? Uh, probably the Niners. They're terrible this year. I also grew up as a massive, massive cricket fan. I wanted to be an international cricketer. I didn't grow up in America. Yeah. So if it's, well, if listen, it's an American sports team, it's probably the Niners. I'm a Redskins fan. Okay, so I that have just sucks, been man. beat down my whole life. Yeah, yeah t- tell me about it. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate the moral support. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, Ankur, it is time for my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? Yep. Fame, what, what is it? The question. You don't know what's the, next. The rapid fire question. You're so full yeah. of it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ankur, number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, 
losing my virginity by Richard Branson. I love that dude. Okay, number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? So this is again the inner 12-year-old in me, but I like Mark Cuban just because he has a sports team. I think that's one of my end games. <laughs> I don't even know if he's a good CEO. I don't care. He has a sports team. He cares about his sports team. I, I like him for that reason. Ankur, hey, I'll race you. I want to own the Redskins nice. by about 2030. Nice. So I've got some work to do. Yeah. Are you? Who, you have your eyes on the Niners? Honestly, it's a team. I, I, I totally own a cricket team too, which I, is, is surprisingly not as cheap as you'd think. It's still going to cost you like 300 at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, NFL, you're looking at like I would say probably 1.5, 2.2 billion, something like that. But anyways, okay, number three, is there an online tool that you love using like Evernote? Uh, I mean, Slack has changed our business around. Like life has just gotten so much easier post Slack. Love that. Okay, number four. Ankar, are you married, kids, single? Uh, I have a girlfriend. Okay, girlfriend. So no kids, obviously. Okay, so yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Yeah, on good nights. Nice. Okay, good. Okay, last question. You said you're 28 now? 26. 26. Take us back six years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Be less of a douche. Um, no, honestly, <laughs> I, think, I, I think, I think, yeah, like, like you know, growing, growing older does, does make you a little bit humble. Um, I was definitely at a point when I was 20 when I had money and I was going to Vegas 10 times a year. Probably not the smartest decision in my life. Um, but, you know, it's like just, yeah, be, be, I think the thing I did right at 20 was I was always very aggressive in my business. And I think that's something I'm trying to retain. It's like one of those things that, yeah, I can tell my 20-year-old self something, but what I'm also, and this might be a cop-out to the answer, I'm trying to retain more of kind of the brashness and arrogance you have when you're 20. And the older you get, you'll lose some of that. I want to retain the 20-year-old's confidence and the 20-year-old's arrogance the older I get because, you know, that's, that becomes a challenge to hold on to. Well, and what's the, sorry, walk me through the advantage of holding on to that. As you know, again, the older you get, the more people you have in a business, the more other opinions you hear. You don't ever want to doubt yourself. Like I do truly believe sometimes making the wrong decision. It's like anti-personality yep. delusion. The wrong, the wrong decision done in a fast way is very often better than the perfect decision done too late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. Well, hey, listen, this has been, uh, this is unbelievable. I actually have a personal question real quick because yep. I'm curious when you mentioned Vegas trips and all that. If you add up, and I'm sure you've done this math, all of you, just ignore the business for a second. Yep. You and your personal expenses, yep. monthly, what are they? Uh, Rent, food, car, pay, whatever, everything. Right now, I mean, I can reverse calculate. So I'm paying myself 75K a year and I'm losing about $1,000 a month. I don't know how taxes and stuff work, but I don't really spend that much money. Um, just because like, I, I'm not that like, unless, yeah, I don't spend that much money just inherently. It's not like I try and not spend that much money, but, um, yeah, I probably spend about $4,000 a month. What was the last thing you splurged on? Last thing I splurged on, I can't even remember. Oh, actually, I'm, like, I'm going to summit series next week in Miami. So oh, good. I'll see you on the ship. I'll be there too. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Anger, this was unbelievable. Guys, isn't this guy great? Okay, so listen. From the, back when he was 18, selling well over two million dollars of Facebook apps, apps to launching Teachable in 2013, doing well over a hundred grand per month in revenue, ideally raising a Series A, maybe at a 30 million dollar valuation coming up. Anger, thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely, Nathan. It's been it's been a blast. Okay, take care. Bye bye. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks next Monday. That's better odds in the lottery, people. This week's winner was Jesse from up in Chicago. If you guys were digging what Ankur was laying down, go back, Top Tribe, and listen to the episode yesterday with Michael Port. He tells you how to get $25,000 for your first book advance and walks you through how to sell 500,000 copies. 